0: people do find it inspirational but like the thing which i always think is actually it's so not difficult it's just you know you just you just pick it up
1: (laughs) you just pick it up it's not it's yeah welcome to who rules your life podcasting with the people who live their purpose I'm Tina Newman. I'm a journalist. I live in London, UK. And since the beginning of the lockdown, I have been searching for my life purpose and podcasting about it. And recently, I got a trick question on Twitter If everyone starts living their life purpose, who will sweep the streets? Mm -hmm. Good point. We assume that if you're living your life purpose, you want to be a painter or, or you know, a, a musician or a poet and, and no one will sweep the streets. So my co-host, Tina Bieber, lives in Amsterdam and she's convinced that everyone should live their life purpose. So, Tina, who would sweep the streets if everyone <laughs> lived their life purpose? Who would you
2: well, Tina, I wouldn't assume that every life purpose is about being an artist or... <laughs> environmental activist or whatever, I think purpose comes in very different forms and shapes. So I do think that there is people that are passionate about sweeping the streets. There is people passionate about, um, you know, keeping our, our streets actually clean and finding purpose and meaning in it. So I wouldn't exclude it, I think. I think there is a high possibility that people would really like that and would like to have that as their purpose or have it as their purpose, actually.
1: So guess what? That's the kind of crazy thing that happened to me uh, three or four years ago when I suddenly developed a passion, uh, not as my main vocation, but as a sort of a sideline or a hobby. I developed a passion for keeping the streets clean. And started picking up bits of litter and putting them Oh,
2: hey, there you go.
1: But I was hugely embarrassed about it. And I was like, I, I, I couldn't talk to anyone about it. It was like my secret guilty pleasure. And it was almost like a kind of a, you know, I, I felt like um, almost a, a, an athlete when they managed to, uh, you know, they're playing basketball and they managed to get the ball into the net. And it's a hugely satisfying moment. So for me, to pick up a bit of litter, like a, a, a can, and put it in the bin was hugely satisfying. So the the can is now where it should be, and I can walk happily, <laughs> you know, can proceed on my way. And, and and But I was embarrassed about it, and then I started looking online in case there are some other people who are minded in the same way. And I found an article about a woman called Daniela Levine, And I thought, oh, my God, hallelujah, there is somebody else out there. I need to meet this woman. She's amazing. She has a passion for keeping streets clean. So I met her, and today I'm very pleased to say she is with me here in London, and we're recording this podcast together. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I am feeling very embarrassed about being here.
1: It's just picking litter. <laughs> picking litter, but you see, you are exactly the kind of person who knows why it's also a purpose. Why is it a purpose?
0: Well, I think it's everyone's purpose, actually, anyway. Like, I don't, I don't
1: know, is it a purpose? It, it's
0: it's quite meaningful when you do it. It's very satisfying. And, like, I, I don't know, I mean, it's just unacceptable. Litter is unacceptable.
1: What makes it satisfying for you? So when you pick litter, what is the kind of the feeling that you get out of it?
0: Well, it is rewarding. It's, like, the immediate difference which you see, and it's sort of... It's something which I can do, which you can do as well. Like, you know, you see something, it doesn't belong there, you pick it up, it's gone. And it, it's, it, it's like a reward, and it's, you're doing something good, and you're stopping that thing from sort of, like, hurting an animal or ending up in the ocean. And then, yeah, someone else might see you, and sort of eventually they'll pick up a bit of litter as well. Yeah. You know? But it's something you can do, and, you know, there's so many things you can't do. Yeah. To make, make the world a bit better, but picking litter, you can. But it's, it, it's not a big skill.
1: No, it's not a big skill, but it requires... What I found, uh, I've actually been on several litter-picking events with Daniela when we had groups of volunteers um, getting together in the park and then spending a happy couple of hours picking litter. So one thing I found, of course... One thing about English culture, people like to dress up for the occasion. Mm. So they have all the proper safety vests and they have pro- proper litter picks. Like they, they make it look professional and that adds to this sense of fun. So for and there's this,
0: a uniform as well and you kind of feel part of a group and it's sort of, you know, litter pick is against the world.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So then you're part of a group, exactly. So it's like, you know, anything English people do, say, if they go fox hunting, they all do such. Great <laughs> <so, so laughs> comparison.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that's a great comparison.
1: <laughs> 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 but you know, I mean, the the idea is the same, right? You're dressing up for the party. Yeah. You, so you
0: dress down for litter picking because you don't wear that stuff, no, do you? No.
1: But you wear special, you know, special clothes.
0: Yeah. Like. Well, I I wear my oldest, dirtiest clothes, and I don't like. I know people like wearing hivers. I don't. I don't really wear hivers. I only wear them if I'm sort of leading a group because people need to know that this. Well, someone someone's in charge. Apparently. Yes.
1: So so that's one thing. Another thing I discovered about litter picking which is quite key to the skill is um uh, you know y- you need to watch your attitude, your mind at the time. So I found for me it's a game. Mm. I'm comparing myself to an athlete. So yeah. I I I I uh, bend down, I pick up a bit of litter, I throw it where it should be <laughs> and that's good fun. Yeah. The moment I start hating humanity because they drop litter, that's when I stop. Because it's not my goal to end up loving nature and hating humans. How has it been for you?
0: It's quite tough. You know, most of the time I'm sort of pretty optimistic about it, and I actually try not to think of it in a sort of, oh, oh, I'm picking up other people's rubbish. I'm just sort of keeping the area clean, or I'm keeping my environment clean, and that's what's the important thing. And it's, you know, actually the meditative thing of doing it. But, you know, sometimes you do get really down. Like, oh, people, yeah. what are you doing? People, I just don't understand. And if I don't pick up the litter, I get even more angry. So, uh-huh. yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just annoys me. So, but yeah. and then, yeah, but you, it happens, you just get a bit down, and then the sort of next day you'll be fine. I,
2: right.
0: Yeah, I, I just try not to dwell too much on it.
2: But what's, just like one, one, one thing? What's interesting here? Like both of you were actually talking about feeling ashamed, and it's like wow, it should be the complete opposite because you know you're making the new normal out of it, inspiring other people to do the same, and going out there. And that sounds like actually a really big purpose, to be honest, to me.
0: So I don't feel ashamed when I do it. I'm really proud. Like I feel ah. sort of you know if you want to do do it, like sort of I'm not going to sort of hiding around bushes doing it. And I want and you do want people to see as well. Because then they know that someone's like actually gives the damn, as opposed to just walking by. Um.
1: That's right. Well, this is where Daniela became my role model, you see, because I felt ashamed until I met her. And then there were the two of us in this world, and suddenly the world felt a brighter place, you see. So suddenly I grasped this idea of a purpose around it, rather than just being, you know, slightly mad. Middle-aged woman who is just going nuts about, <laughs> about litter.
2: <laughs> but interesting, huh? Daniela actually saying like, well, I just feel passionate about it. I wouldn't say if it's a purpose, but inspiring you to do so, so other people are coming into play, it actually makes it a purpose.
0: Yeah, it's kind of unexpected sort of thing of you doing it. I mean, I, I don't, people do find it inspirational, but like the thing which I always think is actually, it's so not difficult. It's just, you know, you just, you just pick it up. <laughs> it's, it's, you just pick it up it's not it's yeah it's
2: well, apparently, it's not sort of it's,
0: responsibility isn't it I think that's yeah so I don't know, most people don't take responsibility for things which don't belong to them so they find that impressive but actually the land belongs to you so take care of it
1: the land belongs to you as in you live in this city yeah city
0: you. world whatever you know
1: yeah if you embrace it as your sort of part of your world yeah. then you want to take care of it I mean, to be honest with you, it is, it can be a little bit depressing because there's so much rubbish in London, generally, where we live, where anybody lives, I think there's a problem. Tina, what about your experience? We hear that out there in Europe, things are much, much better.
2: (laughs) Tell me the good news. Well, I do not want to disappoint you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, generally, I have to say Amsterdam um, does a lot. Like, people working with the city and um, after festivals, I actually find it always very inspiring um, because in social media, you see, like, um, how the people are making our city clean again and then people are being celebrated to do so. So it's like a normal is made out of it. You know, both sides are being shown the festival, but also, like, the, the after work practically.
0: But and some like Amsterdam guys on Instagram who go around a little picking and they seem to do like an amazing job.
2: Well, they actually made it to a tourist attraction as well, which is really funny. You know, there is tours, like boat tours through the through the canals in Amsterdam, right? That's like plastic fishing
0: tours. Is that what they do?
2: Yes. So, yeah, you can you can actually get on the boat make like, you know, a group activity out of it. And people are proud to do so. You know, like they're doing it. They're experiencing and exploring the city. And at the same time, they're picking up litter. So that became like a new normal when when you see the city center during the summer, for example. And um, and that's really inspiring. Oh, right? So people actually pay to get on those boats and pick litter. I think so. I think because you, you need to issue tickets, so... <laughs> and, yeah, they
0: do that as well, like Action 360, they take people out on paddle boards and they charge and you pick litter as you go.
2: Yes. And people do that.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. People pay for
0: it. Well, think
2: about it, Dina. Well, you're telling us how rewarding it is, so it gives you a really good feeling. So.
1: You know, Daniela knows me already. I've been thinking, I've been plotting of ways of monetizing mm. this activity, you see, for a while. I'm thinking, how can I try and, and create some kind of a sustainable, you know, social enterprise or something out of it? So you can actually charge people for the privilege, for, for, for allowing them to pick litter. Yeah, but when I first heard someone was charging to pick litter, I was
0: like, what? Really?
1: That I... <laughs> <It> sounds mental. <laughs> Who would actually pay to pick litter?
2: But who would do that?
0: But I guess if you're doing it like on a boat, it's a bit more, you're paying for the boat really, aren't you?
2: And you're part of a group too, right? I think that also makes it even more beautiful, the sense of belonging. So meaning and belonging. I think that's worth to pay for, actually. You reckon, so maybe
1: us, the two awesome people, we could set up this amazing group there for the right to hang out with us.
0: You can, yeah. I just don't think I could do that though. I charge people for going on litter picks and like having fun because I don't know. Because then they wouldn't do it. You would. They would think, do I have to pay to do this every single time? Do it, and that's kind of sort of a bit defeating, isn't it? You want people just to do it because they want to do it.
1: I think, uh, ironically, Danielle, I think you're more of a communist than I am. <laughs> you, oh, <I'm> <laughs> <a communist. laughs> you are definitely a communist. You are. I can sense that. <laughs> the... yeah, I was... An anarcho
0: communist, though, not a sort of like full on
1: communist. Oh, an anarcho communist, right. We've got a lot to talk about there. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> right there. I should have worn my t shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I'm, I'm sort of money and, and creating a business out of it is on my mind these days a lot. So that's something I've been. Thinking about, haven't quite come up with the right business strategy for this kind of activity, but there is something in it. Now, I do think like a
0: litter picking walk, maybe like with some sort of nature foraging thing, that could be quite appealing. Mm. I've thought about it. Mm.
1: (laughs) Good, (laughs) maybe we should do business after all. (laughs) Excellent. Now, you see, one thing that occurred to me, and again, going back to my days in the USSR. And I do not think that communism was a very good idea, not at all. But one thing that we had at the time was we could, there was a scheme where people could take any uh, glass bottles, because drinks were sold in glass bottles those days, you could take glass bottles and get three copics for each bottle. Okay. And people used to do that. So actually, we did not have huge numbers of bottles lying around and broken glass and all that nonsense, because People, you know, could benefit, and some people. Who and worked, they
0: valued the waste, didn't they? They
1: valued the waste, and they they could monetize that their waste. And uh, arguably, you know, the most popular drink at the time was vodka. So lots of vodka also <laughs> went straight to recycling. And what I do not quite understand, Daniela, is these days in in this country or you know worldwide, is there. Uh, you know, is are there schemes that allow us to take plastic and, and glass back?
0: There are. Uh-huh. Not really in this country. In Scotland there is. Right. In Germany there is, is like a really brilliant system and you actually get money off your shopping and things like that. Also I'm told.
2: Is that right, Tina? In Germany? Yes, yeah, since 2003 already. They There has been like a deposit return system. Um, it's called Pfand. Oh yeah, there we go, Pfand. <laughs> Yes, we do have a fund system in Germany, <laughs> but um, it's actually pretty developed. So also cans and everything is, is actually being taken back and you go to grocery stores or they made it um, mandatory for stores to take back um, all kind of bottles and cans Um It does work well. Like, I, I mean, like, I obviously grew up with it. So for me, it was the most normal thing. Then moving to Amsterdam (laughs) or the Netherlands in general, kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it has a different system again. And it's funny because these countries are so close together. And then you're just like crossing the border. And here, for example, cans are not being, um, you cannot return cans or bottles that are smaller than, um, I think a liter or so plastic bottles. Um, there's new legislations now. I think they're going to introduce them next year for smaller bottles, but can still not. They are talking about it um, for 2022, um, but it's not through yet.
0: And is that across the whole Netherlands? Because actually, even in London, you'll have like, you live in Brent, I live in Barnet. So you have different recycling systems in, in Brent and Barnet. Like, you guys still get your green waste collected. We don't, we don't have food waste collection.
2: What? Why not? That's a good question.
1: <laughs>
0: I've I, I, I no idea.
2: But hang on, you're you have somewhat like a like a deposit uh, return system for bottles. No. No. At all. So the bottles Okay, sorry, I don't I don't want to sound judging. <laughs> so that's
1: why the bottles I... are lying around in the box. And then Daniela and occasionally myself go around picking them up. I think in Scotland
0: they had it, and I'll tell you what, so I and I think they are planning on introducing but not too soon. But I went to this meeting in Parliament, like, I don't know, about four or five years ago, and someone in there, and it was like an all-parliament meeting thing, whatever they call it, about litter. And someone was in there and asked, why don't we have a deposit return scheme? And one of the people running it was like, oh, because it's not economical.
1: Because it's not economical. Yeah.
2: Wow. I mean, like, think about it in Germany, um, even a can is 25 cents, euro cents, right? um you would get back so people do go to the to the store and um and give it back they return it i do have to say here um in amsterdam as well i mean we live in more like um a newer part of amsterdam which is not like with waste it is regulated but not that great yet they're working on it but you do see cans lying around so i would pick them up as well but i think if they would be you know, some money on it, some deposit, maybe it would also be different. But who knows? Just, People would yeah. take them back, 25 cents. I mean, 25 cents, that's a lot, a lot right?
1: So how can how come is it's economical in Germany? No, hang on. So in Germany... In Germany,
2: we do have it, yes. Somehow, uh,
1: the, you know, the, it's economical. Maybe they're better
0: organized.
1: Maybe those Germans.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's really bizarre. And also because you think how much does it cost to actually pick up all the litter each year? Exactly. I mean, it was like a billion yeah, pounds. Yeah, that's it.
2: Uh-huh. Sort of,
0: there was a statistic which was a billion pounds a few years ago. And it's probably more than that now. And there's all the stuff which isn't being picked up. God. I mean, literally, it's costing the earth. All the stuff in the ocean, you think?
1: Yeah. Exactly, which is much more expensive. So, which brings me again onto my favorite money <laughs> topic, uh, <laughs> Daniela. Can you tell us what do you do now, no. and how you know who pays for, for your activities? If it's not economical to pick litter, no. how come you're gainfully <laughs> employed?
0: Well, I'm not gainfully employed. <laughs> you know that, don't you? No, I, no, I quit my job. How? Huh. Oh, yeah. No, so I quit my job before COVID came along. And I was working for an anti-litter charity, I should say. Right. Um, basically. But I quit it. I think I had enough litter of litter. Because, you know, when you do it for work and you're doing it also on the streets, it's just like, it's too much. So I quit it. I wanted to do more gardening stuff. And then COVID came along. Right. And that's fine. It sort of, again, it creates opportunities like you do in your podcast. Yeah. So gardening course postponed. It's starting again next week. So that's good.
1: So you want to be a gardener? I want to be like, a, I don't know what I want to be. <laughs> I'm
0: <laughs> still figuring that out. Never
1: mind, when you grow up, you'll figure it out. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, it's
0: be good to know how, like, better understanding of how things grow, I think. Because like, I like gardening and sort of doing environment stuff.
1: So, um, so, in a nutshell, too much litter picking did, you know, get you down a bit. It's, it's, yeah,
0: not even actually, you know, it's not even the litter picking itself. I think it was just, yeah, it was just too much litter. I'm not enough, enough things in my life, you know. You need more things than litter. Yeah. It's not. And that's why I think it's like, is it my purpose? I don't know if litter picking is my purpose. It's certainly, it's definitely part of like my identity, but it's not my purpose. What I, is your purpose? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I have been thinking about it and like, all I can say is that I like to do good stuff. And that sort of, and things which kind of help the environment and maybe help people. So now, so like not having a job was great. I just sort of chilled out for a bit. And like lockdown was brilliant as well. There was no litter around, so I didn't really need to pick any litter. Although I did, obviously. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I started, what did I just, what am I I even doing? Oh, so I started a project, collecting surplus food from allotments and giving it to a food bank. And then that, oh, but litter picking did get me something, so this is brilliant. So... At this food bank, which is on the side of a church, they have this huge polytunnel. And I was like, I saw it one day, I was like, are you guys growing food? What's going on there? And they're like, well, no, basically the church built it the previous year and nothing had happened to it. So it was just like full of weeds and things like that. So I met the priest of the church or the pastor and... Actually, he was late for our meeting, and while I was waiting, I decided to start litter picking, because, you know, what are you going to do while you're waiting?
1: While you're waiting, you <laughs> just start litter picking, naturally. You know. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> Luckily, there is plenty of
0: litter in London. Especially in <laughs> um, And he's, he loved that I was litter picking. Like, he absolutely loved it. So he was like, yeah, you can take up the polytunnel. So basically, I've taken over this polytunnel and started a community garden. And then I started fruit picking as well. Right. Yeah, anything to pick
1: anything to pick yeah fruit picking is very interesting because that's another little um thought that i've had over the years so my street where i live is lined up with beautiful um apple trees and of course in spring they give beautiful flowers which is why i think we have them however when it comes to autumn time these lovely trees very generously give us lots of apples but we don't want those apples Right? So they just... Why not? Get rushed underfoot. Instead, we go to the nearest Sainsbury's and buy apples (laughs) and pay for them. Does no one actually eat those apples? No. Why not? I don't know why. I think by the time they get down, they probably are a bit bruised. Yeah. You know, because they're quite high up. So nobody climbs up there to pick them up while they're hanging there. So once they've fallen down, they're bruised. And then we're not used to eating bruised fruit. We're like, oh, that's not perfect. Off we go to Sainsbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You need a fruit picker. Uh-huh.
1: Aha.
0: <laughs> it's like our the
2: Dina.
1: <laughs> so there's a new identity <laughs> coming up. So apart from picking rubbish from the streets of London, there's also an opportunity to pick fruit.
0: Yes. So and if I can combine them both, how wonderful.
1: How wonderful. <laughs> so what do you do with the fruit?
0: Uh, mostly even food banks as well.
1: But you see, if it's bruised, then, uh, you know, it's not going to last very long. So the
0: the idea is that they're not bruised. So we have uh, fruit pickers. I'm I'm doing a demonstration here, Tina, which isn't very good, actually, at all. (laughs) They're kind of like long poles with a basket on the end, and you hook the fruit, and you get it gently and put it in things. Some of them will be bruised, in which case they can also be turned into juice. So it's not a complete loss. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Don't let them drop on the floor. So catch what, them, eat them.
1: <laughs> so that's what you've been doing recently, picking fruit. Yeah, right?
0: for the last like month and a half, like actually going out picking fruit, but I've sort of been planning kind of the coordination of it for a couple of months. But I wanted to do it for ages, so yeah, wow. But now is a good opportunity. I'm not working, so I can put some time into it.
1: This is amazing, and so it's this... gone really
0: well. Like it's it's really,
1: yeah. So you strike me as a person who literally just walks out into the street
2: and looks around and goes, "Okay, what needs to be done here?" That's exactly it. <laughs> that, that's my purpose, of mm. my goal. But see, but also owning it, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but going out there and actually owning it, saying I'm part of this ecosystem, you know, so I, I do what I think is right is very inspiring. I
0: think that's what it is about the ownership. You got to take ownership of everything. Yeah. And, that's, and it's taken away from us, that land ownership. I think it's really important that we take it back and people are a- enabled to feel like they can like, look after their streets and it's not the
2: council's responsibility. This sounds really freeing up, I
1: think.
0: I can set you a challenge. Step outside and sort of like, you know, do something which you think will make an improvement to your street.
1: Just literally step outside your front door, look around, see what needs doing, and just do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with litter. Most people could do that. They could step outside and literally just clean the area up in front of them. And they used to do that as well in this country back in the day. We don't do that anymore. There's no there's no ownership.
2: And really, you know, like trusting in what you think is right. I mean, think about it, Dina. You said you felt ashamed maybe, you know, in, in the beginning starting to do that. But if you just don't care what some people might think or, you know... And just think doing what you think is right, it sounds like pure freedom, really.
1: Yeah. I think there is something in it about, like, ownership. You're right. I mean, I've been living in this country for 30 years. But I think when I was feeling insecure about picking litter, I felt like, you know, am I just a silly migrant here? Do Hmm? locals do this sort of thing? (laughs) Like, is this normal? (laughs) Or, Or, you know... And then when I met Daniela, because Daniela comes from here, like, she was my confirmation that it's okay.
0: <laughs> you know what's interesting? A lot of, like, kind of keen litter pickers I know, they're not English. They're foreigners. And I think they often feel that they have more ownership over, like, or, like, they want to be part more of a community community. Yeah. Than perhaps people born here.
1: That's true. So that's what I've been doing. You see, ever since the referendum, unfortunately, uh, our, uh, you know, Brexit referendum, um, and, uh, you know, uh, we're not discussing the result. People voted the way they wanted. Uh, What I picked up is that there's been a, a, a heightened awareness of foreigners, you know. So every now and again, somebody would ask me if I chat to people in the street, particularly about litter, mm-hmm. people would go, particularly if they're a little bit drunk, and, you know, and I'm saying, oh, you're going to put that bottle in the bin, aren't you? And they turn around and they go, and where do you come from? Mm. You know, and these days, because I'm now a proud litter picker, I say, I come from Wilson Green. <laughs> like, because I kind of feel I own this place now, you know. Or co-own it with a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah, it does give a sense of ownership. I it think. does,
0: definitely. Agency.
1: And, yeah.
0: and purpose. And, and, well, I mean, it's purpose on a walk, isn't it? You know, if you want something to do on a walk, just go and pick up some litter as well.
2: I... T- You know, I do think it's actually a very big purpose because we need people like Daniela, you know, living this. And and we say, you know, it's it's her purpose because she's inspiring us to free up and to take ownership to live our lives, right? To be led by our heart and what we think is right. Listen to our values and go this way. So I think there is actually a huge purpose. Well, I mean, at least keeps
0: the streets clean, so...
2: And inspiring, yeah, really inspiring people to help them free up. Nice. That's amazing. It's easy, though. <laughs> Go and do it. It's not
0: difficult. <laughs> it doesn't take anything special, really.
1: Yeah. So what I think we should do now in the remaining time, uh, we've just recorded... Uh, a lovely conversation here, but what I want to do before it gets too dark, let's get outside and pick some apples in my street. Now okay. that we have Daniela right here. Apples
0: and, and, and litter as well.
1: Apples and litter, yeah. that's our next step. Okay, off we go now.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Tina. We're going to go off and record some, some... I
1: think you should go out and
0: pick street litter on your street as well now.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I already did that actually today. I did uh, take some pl- plastic bottles, and because it was really hot here, and I live right by the water, so, and this morning, I saw two two cans in the water, and it broke my heart, <laughs> and I couldn't reach them, you know, but, um, yeah. Excellent. So, yes, and that's I, all, if I everyone did that all over here. the world,
0: I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's also a natural thing, right? Why 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 would we pollute our own backyard, you know? Perfect, ladies, so so off let's we go now. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have fun litter picking. I will be with you in spirit.
1: So, I'm outside my house now and biting into an apple from one of our trees. You know, there are some people who insist that they have a life purpose. And they don't, actually. Or maybe they're in the process of finding it. And that's okay, because we're all work in progress. But then there is Daniela, who says she doesn't know her life purpose. And yet, like Tina's been pointing out, she absolutely lives true to her purpose. She rules her life, and she's basing her actions on what needs to be done, not on social status or how she looks on social networks or anything like that. And that's very liberating. And so to answer the listener's question... Who will sweep the streets if everyone lives their life purpose? I guess the answer is, if everyone does what needs to be done, there might be no need for dedicated street sweepers. Ah, radical. I'll leave you with this thought. And it's goodbye from us, Dina Newman and Tina Bieber. Until next week.